0: Welcome back. You are listening to that one sports podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Mitch Wilson. He is Chris Hell. Please subscribe on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcast. Also, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at that one sports podcast. My guy, Chris, what do we got today? My brother?
1: All we got a doozy tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about professional sports and the climate in The United States. We're also going to talk about the NCAA tournament, uh, talk a little bit more about that Final Four. NFL, always going to talk free agency. NFL is the backbone to this podcast, so we're going to probably have something to always talk about NFL every time we're on. And then we're going to talk a little bit about sports and how overall it has changed, not only from a transgender perspective, but just the competition perspective. And we'll talk a little bit about that. So getting right into our first topic here, Mitch, we are going to discuss and have kind of a good debate. Do you believe that professional sports are rigged or scripted?
0: Absolutely, positively, no, they are not scripted. They are not rigged. The problem with fans is fans are so connected to their team and emotional, they can't, hold the team accountable so they get this narrative in their head, well, oh, just because my team didn't win this, this game was scripted, this game was rigged. You know, if that was the case, that would have to involve too many people. You think about the owners, the players, the officials, media, like there's just no possible way that it could happen. Like I don't care what you say, it would essentially involve Essentially, thousands of people. And if it was, then obviously it would get leaked. And yes, the players like to poke fun. Yes, Arian Foster this year came out and talked, and he was joking. He was not being serious. He was absolutely joking about them getting scripts, and people were like, oh my gosh, I knew. No, no, slow your roll. He was joking. Now, I do understand. Now, there are some questionable calls in games. Football, basketball, baseball. But the reason why that is, it's not because the game is rigged. Is because the people that are making those calls, hey, guess what? They are human. I don't know if you know this, but us as humans, we're not perfect. We make mistakes. Okay? So I know all of us sitting on our couches talk about how easy, you know, that that call should have been. Well, you want to know what? yeah we see it really well you want to know why we see it really well because they slow it down 50 times 100 times and we get that nice slow-mo replay of whether it be on the field on the court oh and yeah it's easy to do that from your couch but in real time and real speed it is completely different and let's just be completely honest about this do the refs miss calls absolutely but for the majority of the time they're getting the call right and so it's either people want to Hate the refs or they love the refs, okay? Here's my thing. They are essentially the backbone of sports. If it wasn't for the refs, you know, how would we even have sports? We wouldn't. So all the people that think that they could do better, then I say, hey, you want to know what? Go get off your butt and go apply and do that. But the reality of it is you're not going to because, one, you're not qualified to do it. Those guys that have been officiating, the guys in the NFL, NBA, they have been refereeing for over 20 some odd years with experience so yes fans are too emotional because they they don't want to take accountability for the team not getting the job done remember refs are human just like i said humans we make mistakes now are some of those mistakes pretty egregious absolutely i would say the one that sticks out in my mind the most was a, f- a few years ago the New Orleans Saints game, the pass interference call, that was absolutely egregious. It wasn't because the game was rigged or scripted. It's because the refs made a mistake because they are human.
1: Okay, well, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, and I'm going to wear my tinfoil hat. Just so we differ on this, because I don't believe on the grand scheme of things that it's rigged. It would be too hard to play that game. Like, wrestling looks fake, and we know it's fake, right? Like it, it only tricks nine-year-olds that it isn't. We know that wrestling's <laughs> fake. We know that it's scripted. But I'm going to play a huge devil advocate here. You keep talking about the refs, and that's not what the question was. The refs are not the ones that own the leagues. When you're talking about higher money, I get where people have compelling conspiracies that it could be. Let's use your game as an example. The league just barely moved the NFL to Los Angeles, correct? Correct. And who was that call against? The Rams. The Rams. And what does the NFL probably need the Rams to be for that location to continue to make money? They need them to be relevant. And and they they need them to be good. Yes, agreed. And what's better than a Super Bowl run? to get the fans behind the old Rams, getting them in there. (laughs) Agreed. Do I think you can script it? No. Do I think that there can be some evil afoot, if you will? (laughs) Absolutely. How do you explain the ref Donahue in the NBA, where he was throwing games for the mob? That actually came out. That was legitimate. If anyone's ever seen that documentary on Netflix, it'll blow your mind. He was literally shaving things to get more money, to make the mob money. He would come in and say, oh, I know how to make this. I can call this game. I know what they're going to call. And they try to church it up on the documentary like he was just using data. No, he was throwing and fixing games.
0: I I completely understand that, but I think that's the exception to the rule. I think he was a— And I don't disagree with you, but when there is a
1: chink in the armor— And there is a crack, a fissure typically turns into a larger gap. And so that's where I can see some of these tinfoil people, tinfoil hat that come out and go, well, the league rigs it, right? Or the league wants certain people to win. Tom Brady was great for the league because either you hated his guts or you loved him. And what is better than a hero and a villain? There's nothing. Why do you think they want rivalries? I think they push for rivalries. You don't think the NFL loves the Bengals against the Chiefs?
0: Oh, 100%. That is the absolute. The, the only
1: thing they would love more is if we were bigger markets. If New York hated LA,
0: right? Like those are
1: huge markets. That's another reason why people believe the Boston and LA thing in the NBA. It had a little bit of that sprinkle of, well, look what they're doing. They're touching both coasts. They want some big team from the East to be good, and they want a big team from the West to be good. And when they battle, guess who's going to watch all of that? The big markets. East and West and everything in between. Now, I think some sports have a more compelling case than others. I do. I think it's very hard to rig a game. It would be too difficult to rig one. And even these people that come out on YouTube, they're like, look, watch. Watch how he just gives up. It's like, you've never competed right? And these guys, have, <laughs> these guys have ran at running backs their whole life. It may look like on TV they had a shot, but when they know that's about to be the end of the game, some people aren't built to go run to the whistle. They, they throw their hands up or they stop running. That doesn't mean that it's rigged. But I can see when you talk about money and you talk about money is the root of all evil, it's not out of the realm of possibility that games could be persuaded. And that's where I think there's more of a truth is it's not so much rigged that they know who's going to win. But I do believe that they can be persuaded because you can't fake a three point shot going in. Right? right. But You can set the setting for a three point shot. Like, have you ever wondered in a basketball game when there's like they're 12 points down and then all of a sudden they start kind of calling tacky fouls and then the game all of a sudden gets close and you're like, that's kind of weird they just kind of stopped shooting or Kobe didn't really drive the lane anymore or, and granted it's a human element, but now all of a sudden this game that needed to be really good is really good. Like they've got the, the eyeballs on it. And now they're like, Hmm, let's make this game go down to a three point shot. Now we can't determine that he's going to make it, but we can give him the opportunity
0: to set the stage to get ratings. I would say I completely understand that point because, like you said, they 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 can't be rigged, but they can definitely definitely be persuaded in a way that it gives them the opportunity to make that game better than what it was.
1: Yeah, so. and we are in a city right now where I think we're going to see a lot of that hate coming towards us because I think Patrick Mahomes is good for the league, and I think he's going to start getting those uh, those calls that stars have a tendency to get. A.K.A. Tom Brady. A.K.A. Tom Brady. And I think we saw a little bit of that. Mahomes is starting to get that treatment. And he's going to get it even more as he goes into his prime. And now that he's won two, he's got a great storyline behind him. Can he win three? Can he win four? Can he get Tom Brady? Yeah, can can he? Yep, absolutely. Can he become the quote-unquote one of the best things everyone loves to talk about? And it's clickbait. Is he going to be the GOAT? That's why all these talking heads use the term go because they know it's going to go on a thumbnail and instantly's going to going to click for it. So I don't think necessarily it's 100% rigged, but I do believe they can
0: be persuaded for sure. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Let's uh, switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about March Madness, baby. Everyone's bracket is absolutely busted. I don't care who you talk to. So, Chris, we're down to the final four. Do you think the teams left in the tournament is good for March Madness? And what are your thoughts on them?
1: No, I I I, I don't. This kind of goes back to the league <clears throat> wanting certain people to be in, you know, games. You can't tell me that the NCAA is happy that the end of the, the people that are in there are in there. I mean, there's no powerhouse in there at all. There's nothing to really draw ratings. You, you know what it's kind of like? it's kind of like if you were told as a kid that you were going to go see the Avengers, right? And you walk into the auditorium and the only one that's there is Hawkeye. You're like, well, that kind of sucks. <laughs> I was kind of hoping to see <laughs> Iron Man or Hulk, Black Panther. You got me Hawkeye? Like, all he does is shoot bows. Like, that ain't cool. That's yeah. what I feel happened. We got Hawkeye this year. Like, no one wants to see these teams that are in it. And and if you do, you might be a fan of that particular team or just a purist to the sport and love basketball. But let's be honest, as a casual fan, the Final Four is going to suck. I mean, I don't care how good the games are. Like, no one cares about these teams that are in. But if you would have had KU going against Texas or, you know, any one of those big-name schools, Duke playing somebody – it would have been great. That's what draws the crowd. I'm not trying to be rude. Congratulations to the smaller teams that made it. A lot of them have never even been before, which is great for them and it's good for the school. But parody, parody for me only really works in, in spurts. You got to have a villain, you got to have a superhero. That's why dynasties sell. Again, whether you hated the Warriors or you loved them, you were going to tune in to watch them. I just think that they. From a pure NCAA perspective,
0: I don't think it's good. What about you? Man, I tell you what, man, I would disagree, man. And the reason why I say that is because, think about this, when everyone fills out their March Madness bracket, you want them to think, man, my team's got a shot. Because they want to see their team, even if they're a small school. Like, And and, and let's put some respect on these teams' name: Florida Atlantic, Miami. UConn and San Diego State. Sounds like a bunch of Walmart products to me. Oh no! Whoa! whoa, whoa, whoa let's not be disrespectful now, okay? Oh no. great! Hey, let's also not forget when Florida Atlantic entered the tournament as a nine seed, they were thirty-one and four. Okay, you're not—you don't just I win thirty. I'm—I I, I get it, and I know
1: UConn has has a rich history, but no one in their mother's name. Thought UConn was gonna go anywhere. Like this is one of those where when you say like someone's team, they're getting excited. That's a small market mind, though. When you're thinking about the whole that's an NCAA selling their product, you really think when this year started that the commissioner or whatever it's called that runs the NCAA really looked at their partner and said, Man, wait till we get San Diego State, FAU. Miami and Yukon in the final four, his partner would look to him and said, What is FAU? Exactly. That sounds like one of them colleges that come on TV and is like, I'm so happy that I've got my degree from FAU.
0: They sent my stuff <laughs> in the mail. <laughs> come, <laughs> come on, man. no. But no, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Think about this, okay? But this year is also probably the exception, okay? Most years you are gonna have Duke. You're going to have Kansas. You're going to have Kentucky. You're going to have UCLA. You're going to have Gonzaga. Those are your mainstays, right? But it's always nice every once in a while to get something like this to have parity. And I I know you said that you don't like parity in college basketball, but I do because – as a fan, and maybe it's just because I'm a Mizzou fan and I'm, and I'm not a Kansas fan like you are, so you probably don't like parody because that means your team's losing. As a Mizzou fan, we've never won a NCAA tourney basketball, so I like parody. Now, like I said, I think you might feel differently because you are a Blue Blood fan, but, you know, sometimes it just sucks to suck, you know? So parody is great for the NCAA because... If you think about it, if Duke, Kansas, and Kentucky win year after year after year, it's it's going to become very boring. Just like you know, five, six, seven years ago, when Alabama was winning every year in college football, it became boring because before the season started. But that
1: wasn't boring from a rating standpoint. That's the misconception people get. They keep saying that it's boring, it's boring, it's boring, but it's only boring. But you tune in to watch it. So, like <laughs> you say, it's boring, but you were watching it and. People were tuning in. College football was booming. It was popular. Duke, when they're in the finals, it booms. When UNC's in the finals, it booms. Oh, no doubt. All those are it booms like a Cinderella story is a story because one team makes it. Nobody wants to see a whole bunch of Cinderellas. What if Disney wrote Cinderella and they all were poor? It wouldn't (laughs) make any sense. Right? No, no, I agree. But but it works because she is this poor girl that. Gets treated like a like fancy, right? And that's the whole point. Is the Cinderella story is there's one team that goes against the odds, not four of them. They're Whoa. all like I I just look at these teams and I'm like it just seems like the pumpkin never it it never
0: turned into a pumpkin. Dude, you totally sound like a Kansas fan right now. You do. I'm sorry, you sound like a Kansas fan, and and well, I'm and-
1: sorry that I like winning.
0: Hey, it's okay because you know what? You sound like if I didn't know you, I would I would say that you were a, a Kansas, uh, Kentucky, UCLA, one of those blue blood schools schools. But I will say no, I do.
1: KU and UNC are the teams that I root for the most.
0: I know for sure, absolutely. But um, I I think it's great. But I will say, like, let's not pretend that like UConn is a Cinderella story. They're a four seed. Okay, I feel like the only argument you could make is for FAU. Okay, Miami and San Diego State are both five seeds. So, is it surprising that they got there? But they were also a five seed. It's not like it's not like you have, you yeah, know. Yeah,
1: I'm not going to disagree with that. I'm 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 not saying the seeding is, you know, FAU is definitely a 9 seed, but no one expected those teams to to go. And we knew this year was wide open, and I figured Actually, yeah. that something like this would happen, right? Cuz it was just so wide open. But you know, I'm just one of those that like to see big blockbusters, you know, when I when I want to see the Super Bowl, if I was a casual fan, the casual fan's going to want to see the big ticket names, right? That's what they're going to want to see. And right. NCAA to get ratings, the Morgans of the World, my wife and the Lorries of you, which is your wife and the casual basketball fans, they're not tuning in to watch San Diego State and FAU. I I don't care what you say. I bet you when the Nielsen ratings come out, the NCAA is going to be very disappointed in this Final Four from a ratings perspective.
0: Okay, we'll see. But I will say we can't say no one expected this because according to ESPN Bracketology, even though there are no perfect brackets, there were 27 brackets filled out that had this exact Final Four. So there were obviously some people... Scripted. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> but um, also just really quick uh, before we move on, I'd like to let our listeners know that myself, Christopher, uh, some other family members, we did fill out brackets. And this is the first year that we've all done one together in a bracket. But as of now, and the points are final because everyone that is in our, that filled out brackets, their winner has lost and is out. My wife Lori has one, and not one. It happened. I, and I got not- beat by my
1: nine-year-old. It just oh. happened. So Marcus did beat you? Oh, dog! He he mopped the floor with me. It just it happened, happened, man. It happened. It, it happened. It happened. And he he was picking people off their colors and their
0: mascots. Yeah, and and the, and I will say though, my wife, for those who don't know, she is she is a Ku fan, but she is. A lover of college basketball—that's one of the many reasons why I love her. And this is now—I hate to say this—but this is now the third year in a row she has beaten me filling out a bracket. But I will say it, it does make me feel better that that your nine-year-old beat you, so I don't feel as bad. But next year I gotta get—I gotta get out the sign and beat her. Yeah, man,
1: it's a little worse when when your spouse beats you. You know, I love my wife, but we're we're competitive. 100 you know, percent. Me, she just gives me that look like. I just feel like I handed her my, you know, my man card. And then she looks at me like, I took that 15 years ago, so I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Like, oh, yeah,
1: You're right. I forgot. I, forgot. I bet I say you ain't never lie, bro. You ain't never lie. All right. Well, moving to different sports here, we're going to go into the NFL. And instead of just talking about free agency in a general sense, I'm going to ask you a few questions here, Mitch. The first one that I want to hit on with you is Are player contracts getting out of hand? Are they becoming too big? Is it just getting crazy exorbitant?
0: My initial answer would be yes, that they are. But then I think that the reason why they're getting paid that amount of money is because of the amount of money the owners and the NFL is making off of the revenue. So. I say that they're not. Even though they are absolutely absurd, I agree that they're getting paid what they should be paid because here's the thing. If they start to pay the players less, then the distance between owners and players are just going to continue to get bigger, bigger, and bigger. And so I think that they're getting paid what they should be paid, even though I think that, in my opinion, no um, no one playing a sport should you know, make over a half a billion dollars in their life because that's just so much money that I mean let's just be honest you're not even going to spend half of that in your entire life but i think that the reason why they're getting paid that amount of money is because of the amount of money the owners are making and if the owners were making less money then cool but since the owners in the NFL and the revenue that they're bringing in since they're making you know billions like let's just not forget the NFL is a not million, it is a billion-dollar business. Okay? Multi-billion-dollar billion. Billion business. And so if, if you start to pay the players less, that's just not acceptable because of the amount of money that the owners are making. And, and yeah. like I said, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. And And I don't believe that this question can be answered in a broad spectrum. I think it all depends on contract to contract. So to say generally are player contracts getting out of hand? Well, no, it it depends on the player. If you ask me if if Deshaun Watson's contract's bad, I'm going to say yes. If you ask me when the Washington Redskins signed Albert Hainsworth for $102 million as a D-tackle, if that was a bad contract, I'm going to say yes. If you ask me if Patrick Mahomes' contract is bad, it's not. It depends on what the player is getting you. What was the uh, receiver that set the market? Kirk. Christian Kirk. Kirk. Yep. Do I think he's earned his contract yet? I don't know. Like, it depends on what they've done for the fan base, what they've produced. There's an old saying in business that I've always used, and they say that you would rather be underpaid and overperform than be overpaid and underperform. Right. Because when you are doing something within your contract and you have success, it bears a lot of weight, right? It shows a lot. Like you are being still not getting paid what you're worth, but that's not a bad thing because you get a little bit more leeway. Because like in business as a worker or an employee, if the business knows that you're really good and they're not paying you what they think you're worth, you get away with stuff. Like you're that kind of employee that can leave a little early or you know, you get to have some leeway because they're like, well, geez, he's really good. And I'm not even paying them what the market's going to pay them. But now when you go get that massive contract and that massive payday, and you don't live up to that contract, you don't have that leeway, right? Because now they're like, okay, dude, no, I expect you, Kyler Murray, to put more work in watching film because we're paying you this much amount of money. Now you're not that overperformer. We're worried that you're going to underperform your contract. So I think it depends on the contract itself. And I think Deshaun Watson screwed everything up again. And it's not him. It's the Browns. The Browns were the ones that were willing to pay it. That's what I think right now. Everyone's trying to rear back and go, whoa, whoa, we can't let this get out of control to where these players want all guaranteed money. And now they're not living up to their contract. Because if I can guarantee it and then you don't perform, then what? what leeway do I have? You know, there's gotta be some give and take.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the Browns not only screwed themselves, but they screwed the whole league on that situation because when has a player ever been guaranteed the full amount of money of their contract? And from a business standpoint, I think they were just so desperate. They needed something to give their fan base life to think, Oh man, we can win. They went to the absolute extreme to do it. And I think that was an, Horrible move because, like you said, and honestly, like let's just be honest. I think that's also the reason why Lamar hasn't signed his, signed a contract or why he hasn't to reached a to deal with the, with Baltimore because he's thinking, "Yo, this do that was out a year, over a year gets two hundred and thirty million dollars guaranteed. I'm an NFL M- unanimous MVP. If he's worth two hundred and thirty guaranteed, well, what, what 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 the heck you think I'm worth?
1: That's why I think he'll probably sit out. I I think the end game is going to be he's going to sit out and see. I'm still young and I think I'm going to come back and someone's going to want me next year. But what he fails to realize is he wasn't released. Like if that happens, he's still the the Ravens would then have to make a decision because he's non exclusive franchise tag, which becomes a big whole ordeal, right? Do they pay him the money and do they trade him, And it's just a whole mess, but it does segue to our next point. So the next sub question I was going to ask you. So we talked about players contracts do they get out of hand? Do you think Lamar Jackson's situation, in particularly that he is a player without an agent, do you think that his situation could change the NFL free agency
0: landscape
1: in the future
0: if he signs a deal without an agent? It depends on the contract and the contingencies of that contract. Now, if that's a contract that is over over half guaranteed, then yes, but if it's just a normal contract, absolutely not. Because at the end of the at the end of the day, if he had an agent, I think that he would already have been traded to a place he wanted to play, or I think he would have already signed with the with the Baltimore Ravens because of the the many things that an agent does. An agent is not gonna let the narrative get out that has with Lamar. They're either gonna squash it or they're gonna put out their their own narrative first to put their client in the best situation to get paid. And so I think Lamar, and like I've said in previous podcasts, I think Lamar is making a big mistake. I know that it's him and his mom. And like I'm sorry. Like At the end of the day, business is business. And I'm going to pick someone that's going to put me in the best situation to get the bag. And I'm sorry, mom, it's not you.
1: Yeah, you know, I think this is going to be something that his free agency situation I don't think will be forgotten. You know how sometimes there's a massive holdout or whatever, and then after two seasons no one remembers? I think he, because the position that he's in as a quarterback and he's a a marquee name, I think we're going to remember this for a while. And I'm not going to make any assessment here of whether or not he has a mistake or not because I don't know how it's going to play out. Because if he does sign a deal without an agent, and let's say it is some team – gives the Ravens two draft picks and they sign Lamar Jackson to a $210 million guaranteed contract, did he really lose? I don't know. Right. Now, do I think the NFL's a little scared of this? Yeah. Anytime that there's a change, it's always going to freak somebody out. And we only time will tell whether or not this is an issue. I think the NFL is, is kind of colluding and I don't want to start anything or let people think that uh, I am some conspiracy theorist because I'm not. But I do believe that there was colluding here because the NFL realizes if Lamar Jackson can get a deal with no agent and have the antics that he had, I'm not going to play on my injured knee. I'm not going to go do this. I'm not going to go do that. I'm going to deal with all my people through Twitter. I'm going to be for me and mine. I think the NFL is afraid about that, and I think agents are afraid because you're going to get other – NFL players that are going to go do the same thing. The NFL doesn't want him to get a deal without an agent. The NFL wants an agent, the status quo. They can go directly to them. Teams can. Because the owners are going to then say, what's to prevent the next Lamar Jackson? What's to prevent them saying, I don't want to play here. And now, what if all of a sudden, one year, New uh, New England or the Giants have a massive cap room, have massive cap room, and they go, okay, well, you don't have an agent, I don't have to now follow protocol. I'm going to go talk to your quarterback in the offseason, and I'm going to go throw $270 at him. And now he's going to say, I demand a trade. I'm not a fan of the players running the league. I don't like that. So I worry about it too. Sometimes I'm a very traditional guy, and I like the you have an agent, you go out there. But if Lamar's able to go secure his bag, and he did it without one, And I think Lamar wins and the NFL loses, and that is what's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because there will be a winner and a loser in this. There will not be that rare situation where everyone, it worked out for better. Somebody's going to lose, and it's either going to be Lamar or it's going to be the NFL, and only time will tell with that.
0: Yeah, um, I would say a prime example, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Orlando Brown, when he was traded to the Chiefs, had no agent. What happened with, with Orlando? Got franchise tagged. What happened? He got franchise tagged again. And then now, after he got franchise tagged for the second time, what did he do? He went and got an agent. And then what happens this offseason? He doesn't sign with the Chiefs, but he, he got a bag in Cincinnati. Like you, I'm a, I'm a big fan of of agents and the players not running the league because like you just like you said, you know, all of a sudden they're upset with something I want to trade. You know, you know, the the NFL can absolutely not become the NBA because I definitely think it would be bad for business.
1: Yeah, and I I think that's hurt the NBA a little bit and people don't want to admit that and they're like, oh, how come the ratings are going down a little bit? I think part of it is because no one wants to hear the average fan doesn't want to hear that you could have made twenty million more. Like, come on. We're, <laughs> right. We're, we're over here dealing with high gas prices and milk going up and inflation. And exactly. you think we really want to hear that you didn't take the contract because it was 20 million less? Now, I get it. You go make I'm not ever going to be about messing up somebody's cash flow. But you also have to realize the reality. The average American fan pays your salary. Without us watching, there is no TV deal. Without us spending our hard-earned money to come watch you play, it doesn't work. And that's why I think load management and all the things that are going on in the NBA right now where the players are kind of almost running the league. I think it hurts the league. And the NFL does a good job of, hey, you are the player and you are the asset, but don't get this twisted. We're the owners. And there's a reason why we're owners. We're not just millionaires. We are billionaires.
0: Absolutely. It doesn't matter
1: what you make in your career – You still may not have enough money. I don't think people realize that. LeBron James even can't just go own a team right now. You know how much money you have to have to own an NFL team or an NBA team? You are like the 1% of the 1%. David Tepper is filthy, McNasty, rich. I mean, he is just dirty, scoundrel, rich. He, they're not even connected to the world. Like They truly are that elite of the elite of the elite. The man can use dollar bills as toilet paper. <laughs> and not figuratively. He can literally flush money down the toilet that you and I could never even dream of. So, yes, I am traditional in, in, in that sense.
0: Yeah, man, I, I completely agree with you. I think that the load management and whatnot is hurting the NBA – And Because at the end of the day, like you said, fans pay salaries. If they weren't watching, if they weren't in the stands, you're not getting paid. And what they don't understand, or I think they understand but most don't care, is sometimes when L.A. is in New Orleans or L.A. or a big market team like the Golden State Warriors, sometimes when they go to cities, Maybe that's the only game those fans are able to go to, and they specifically pick that game because they want to see LeBron, they want to see Steph, they want to see Giannis. But oh, they get to the game, and oh, yep, yeah, these guys aren't playing just because they want to get rest and load management. That that's BS. If you're a fan, all right, switching gears one more time, Christopher. Let me ask you a question. It's a little controversial, but on that one sports podcast, that's what we do. So let me ask you, do you think that transgenders should be able to participate in sports? Oh,
1: absolutely not. I mean, this is one that I think it can be controversial and it can hurt people's feelings. But when you have a man born male, okay, and all of a sudden they are having conflicting issues in their life, whatever the case may be. So they want to change their, their gender. So they say, I'm going to go be a female. And, and then they get to go and compete against someone that was a, that was born female. We try to make a connection, right? Like we, we try to say that we're all equal, but there are differences and that's what make it great. Like a male is just physically built different than a female. That doesn't mean that a female can't beat a a male in certain things and all that stuff, but collectively a male is just built different with a total different anatomy we have testosterone that runs through our body and these people that go to compete if they're going to allow transgenders to compete in sports then i think you make them make the full switch and you say okay you were once a male now you want to compete in women's sports because you say that you are a woman now i need everything to be gone you need to be a woman you need to you need to have everything You need to have old Bert and Ernie cut off and you need to have so much estrogen in your body that you now are at a scientific level of a woman. And then, even then, you go further because there's certain sports that even if you're on that estrogen, you're just bigger. You're bigger. So there's an advantage in swimming if I'm taller than you and if I'm wider than you. I think they need to, and again, this could be controversial, I think the fix is that You just give transgenders their own league. You just give transgender, compete against other transgender. So now they don't have to question whether they're a boy or a girl. It's I'm transgender or I'm binary or whatever. We we make all these other reservations for everyone else. So why not? Let's say there's going to be a league that literally is a non-gender league. So there's no WNBA or NBA. It's just basketball where... If you're confused or whatever you are, or you truly believe that you're this, this is the league that that you can go compete in. I think that's the fairest way to do it, and that may not be the the common ground that everybody's on, and it may not be the consensus, but I think you make a separate league for it.
0: I 100% agree with you. I think biologically, whether people want to admit it or not, men and women are different, okay? Men, the average man, and I'm not talking the exception, the average man is bigger, stronger, and faster than the average woman. When boys are born and when they grow into men, men naturally, because of how we, our DNA makeup is made and how we're made up, we carry more muscle mass in our bodies, okay? Women were designed to carry more fat in their bodies why because they had the ability to have children a great example of this is leah thomas i know that was her his slash her name now that she's competing so you had a person that was born biologically a boy was in college as a college swimmer and decided to transition to to be a a woman could
1: not even make any placement. Against the
0: boys. Was getting exactly. owned by the other men. Absolutely. So he transitioned to a woman. And I believe he was. And I'm just. I'm not going to be right on. But he was around like the 200th, 200th as ranked a man swimmer as a man. He transitioned to a woman. And he's like top oh, 10. Oh, no. He, he won a
1: few and, events.
0: Oh, yeah. He won a few. But there were some races where he didn't win. Or well, technically, they, yeah. them, I don't know what she would like to be called she did not win and it's like so my biggest issue is that these women girls that were born female and have trained their whole life to compete in a sport you're essentially taking their opportunity away because they're are competing against a biological male okay and let's just be honest men and women from a athletic perspective, we're not created equal. If they were, there would be a, there would just be one NBA and one woman would play. But there's not. There's a WNBA. That's why okay.
1: women so play softball. I want to make sure that this comes out clear, and I want to read you this. So this is legit. She was ranked in the 200 freestyle in the mid 500s with the men. Five hundreds. She entered the NCAA champs ranked number one amongst women. So she wasn't top ten in the two hundred freestyle. She was in the mid five hundreds and became number one in the women's.
0: And that just goes to show our point even more.
1: And it changes Olympics. She, I don't know she, if you saw that that report that just came out like two weeks ago. Olympics are now going to start testing for the levels of testosterone in your body. And if there is now they're going to give some weight, because there are some women that just have more testosterone than the average girl. I, I'm, not, I'm not coming at that. Absolutely. That's different guys. That's, that's not someone trying to change their gender. That's just, you might be a little bit more manly than other women. And there's men that are more feminine that don't have a bunch of muscle mass. Oh, and They don't have, you know, oh, that testosterone <laughs> running through them. Right. But there's a difference. And I think it's good to test for that stuff because what Leah did is wrong. It's wrong. You go and because you say, I'm, I'm transitioning and I'm confused. I don't know what I am. I don't want it. That's my, that's my assigned gender. That's not what I believe I am. Then if that's the case, why do you keep all your body parts? Like I'm, I'm not trying to get gruesome here, but that's what I don't understand. If you're going to fully transition and that's what you are, and you're not 13, this is a 20 some odd year old person, then commit. Piss or get off the pot do it. If you want to be a woman, then do it. So why would you say, oh, I think I'm a woman, but I'm going to keep on my man part. Why? Just in case you're wrong. It's like, if you really think you're a woman, then become a woman and vice versa. I have more respect for the ones that fully commit for these women that are like, hey, I'm going to start getting a lineup and I'm going to have my hair over here and I'm going to go take my, and I'm, I'm going to really become a man. I have more respect for that because it makes me think that you really do believe what you are, than the people that are like, oh, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to keep that. Yeah. The only reason why you'd want to keep your old twig and berries is probably because you want that testosterone advantage. And that's what I have a problem with.
0: Absolutely. And just, I mean, like you said, went from 500 to number one. That just tells you right there in and of itself that it is absolutely an unfair advantage, plain and simple. So I think that this is definitely a topic that we both are 100 percent in agreement on. I feel like transgender should have their own should have their own category, own league or whatever you want to call it, because I think it is they have an unfair advantage, especially when it's a man transitioning to a woman, because, like I said, they're just bigger, stronger, faster. And I would also say that, how do you think that the women feel? the 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 women that are naturally born females have been training their whole entire life they're at the top of their game and now they can't be because this person has decided that they are now a female and and they're taking the opportunity away from away from them I actually just read an article this week about a, a world renowned elite cyclist that is uh, d- decided to retire because there were transgenders that came into the sport and now because of Cause they're just faster because they were naturally born males. Now she's not, I, I forgot what country she was from, but now she's not able to make the, like the, I don't know in cycles, how it works, but she's not able to make the, the women seem anymore because of, of the, of the trend. Yeah, of I mean, the it, it just puts I a stain on it.
1: Right. And, and, and you have to be careful. Like right. you and I've talked about this with articles and media of what's, what's really true and what's not, you know, are they really coming in and dominating the sport? But I don't need an article, you know, like we've talked about this. This is not something that I need a bunch of data to back up. I think it is incorrect to have a male compete against a woman. And that's essentially what it is. I know that they may be going through something and you end your show every day, right? We end it every week with, you don't know what someone's going through. I'm not coming at them at a negative light. You might have some psychological issues and that might be something that you're dealing with, but that doesn't mean that when you talk about a sport, a sport is supposed to have rules in place that don't give somebody a competitive advantage. That's why PEDs are illegal. That's why there's certain things that you cannot do because they're trying to even the playing field that the better person wins. You being able to compete in a woman's sport with still having The amount of testosterone running through your body, as a man, that is an unfair advantage.
0: 100% agree with you, my brother. 100% agree. Man, well, I think that's it, man. Episode number 10 in the books. This has been a lot of fun. Oh, really quick. um, I I know we forgot last week. Um, I'd like to give you an opportunity for a shout out this week. Who would you like to shout out if if there is anybody you want to shout out? Hmm.
1: Anybody I want to shout out? Oh, yeah. I want to shout out to whoever was working the local Liberty Taco Bell. My stuff came out banging. It was good. It was hot. And I can't say that all the time about Taco Bell. Sometimes the sour cream, you know, makes the burrito a little cold. My uh, five-layer beefy burrito came out totally perfectly proportioned. You could tell they took the time to spread the sour cream. And I know that doesn't seem like a lot, and and, and I know you're laughing, but that's a big deal to me. So my shout-out this week is to whoever was making them burritos in the back, right off of 152 Taco Bell. You, my dog, or if you're a girl, you're my lady. Thank you very much. I enjoyed my Taco Bell. That's my shout-out, baby.
0: Awesome. Uh, I think I'm going to give a shout-out uh this week to um for those who don't know uh Christopher and I we were both in the in the safety field for employment and uh the last uh couple months I've had the opportunity to go get some training and some classes so I just want to shout out uh some some of those guys I had class with and and if if I forget your name I'm sorry so I want to shout out Bodie, Mark, Jerry the instructor ed also another instructor kevin jake eddie and yeah uh had a great opportunity to learn to further some knowledge and those dudes were absolutely awesome to be with instructors were great so ha- had a great time uh learning and leveling up my education and safety
1: dog so. i love you but you are lame
0: you, you should know out. what you shout no, out man. Instructors. man your white no.
1: side's coming out Hey, hey, I'm happy. You so like mean, it? It happens, bro. Shout out to yeah, uh, the too. people that make the pens at bic helping me take my test this week. Oh. <laughs> it came out real fine and the ballpoint <laughs> ran real smooth. Uh thank you,
0: everybody that made the big pens. Hey, you know, that's lying, cool. Bro. That's cool. I'm actually going this week, so oh there you go. There you go. Awesome. Like we said, episode 10 in the books. To our listeners, we appreciate you so much. Please continue to uh, get your podcast on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcast. And again, please don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ThatOneSportsPodcast. And always remember, always be kind because everyone you meet is going through a battle that you have absolutely no idea about. Until next week, fam. Peace.